Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This is Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston, and I'm by myself today. It's partially my fault. It's partially Charlie's fault. Let's just go ahead and make sure that it's all Charlie's fault. That's fine. It's all him. He doesn't care about liberty. He's a secret status, not so secret status, and that's totally fine. Well, this is, if it's your first time joining, Good Morning Liberty. We talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week. So make sure you smash that follow, that subscribe button, whatever it is called on the app that you are using, because we got a brand new episode coming out every single day of the week when we want to. And even when we're gone, like last week, we put out a bunch of episodes from some other great podcasts that you need to go listen to. Normally, this is the part where Charlie and I will do a bunch of witty banter and personal stories for way too long, just long enough to filter out all the people who don't care about it, and then we'll get down to the business. But right now, I'm just going to go straight to it. Now, at the end of yesterday's episode, and maybe you want to go back and listen to some of this, we started talking about these sanctions on Russia, and we talked about the situation that we're in right now. Economics is the most important thing to us. And it's really the most important thing to everyone because it affects everyone. And even if they don't know it's the most important thing, they won't admit it. It actually is because it's the thing that the polls all suggest people care the most about, especially right now, going through the situation we're in right now. Prices really high on everything, especially gas, groceries, housing, all of that going up a bunch, your supply chain problems, uh, creating... Uh, months and months of wait time. You guys know I ordered a kitchen table, a dining room table in January this year. And so far we have the uh, the bench that goes with it. Anyway, we get all kinds of supply chain problems. This stuff all matters. And so a lot of that, of course, was created by the response to COVID. And a lot of those problems were set up way beforehand with the regulations, taxes, laws that we have affecting all of those businesses. We get COVID, we shut down the economy, we print tons of money, we put people out of work, we slow down all the businesses, make them shut down all of their production, and then start it back up again. And then we act like, oh, this is kind of weird that people are having a hard time getting back going through this thing that we'd never forced them to go through before. And then this whole Russia-Ukraine thing happens. Now, when Biden was first talking about gas prices and the Putin price hikes and all of that, of course, we made fun of it a lot and we still will make fun of it a lot because it's not just Putin that is the problem. It's everyone's response to what Putin did. Just like it wasn't COVID that was exactly the problem. It was the government response to the coronavirus pandemic that created a lot of those problems. And when we talk about Russia... I'll say the same thing we said yesterday 
when I wasn't by myself. It's not like we're some big Putin Russia apologist or anything like that, or we think that he had a right to go in and try to take Ukraine or that the people in Ukraine suck or anything like that. We don't care about them. In fact, random story. I want all of you to know that if you come up to me and ask me for money and you give me any kind of story that sounds plausible, even if it's not plausible, I will give you the benefit of the doubt and I'll give you money. Okay. Charlie knows this about me. He's seen me give people money every single time they ask me. This morning I was at a gas station and this family pulled up and asked if I could put gas in their car. And then he, I could barely understand what he was saying, but I heard him say Ukraine, Ukrainian. And then he was talking to his wife and his kid in the back seat in some foreign language. I don't know. I don't know what Ukrainian or Russian or any of that really sounds like. It sounded like something I've heard in the movie before. So I'm like, okay, fine. Pull up to the gas pump. Go ahead. Come around here. I'll put some gas in your car. And so he pulls around. He gets out. He tried to give me a ring that actually had some weight to it as a, as a thank you. And I was like, no, 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 no. You keep, you keep the ring. And he said, uh, Ukraine, he said, my house, boom. He could barely speak English because I could tell when I would, would talk to him and ask him questions. I could see the look on his face. He didn't know what I was saying. Anyway, he was trying to tell me he was from Ukraine. And so I just gave him a bunch of money to uh, put gas in his SUV. Actually, I just pumped a bunch of gas into his SUV. So it's not like we don't care. That whole story right there was just to tell you it's not like we don't care. All right. But here's the, here's the question. I love that in the private group, by the way, everyone's just talking about lifting weights. <laughs> Nothing. You guys have to go to joingml.com, join the private group, so you can come in here and talk with everyone in the chat about uh, weightlifting. What are you guys talking about in here right now? Let me read through some of this. Let's see. We're talking about, see, Costco and Amanda are going back and forth. Um, Costco was talking about lifting weights. Okay cool. Just, just trying to keep up on what you guys are talking about. Anyhow, you want to go to joingmail.com and join this group so you can hang out with all these fine people on both sides in there. They're still just going. I'm not even sure they can hear me right now. So when it comes to the sanctions on Russia, that's really what has led to all the, the, the most current price spikes that we have. Now there's the inflation. We printed tons of money. We know that we had supply chain problems before all of that happened. And then we get all these sanctions on Russia. We're not going to use their grains, their oil, uh, all of the things that we were getting from Russia and prices spiked across the board, especially with gas. We all know that that's been happening. I paid 465 in Tennessee, which is really high for Tennessee. And so the question we posed yesterday was, is it worth it for us and the rest of the world to sanction Russia, to not use their oil and their, their oil, their gas, their grains, all of that for billions of people to be thrown into this economic disparity, coming economic disparity for the prices to be higher on everything for us to have to shift into a different kind of energy, all because we're upset about Russia invading Ukraine. Now, there's been a little over 4,000 civilians killed, I think, in Ukraine, and that's really bad. But I just, as a, as a libertarian who's upset anytime there is a war going on, I have an issue weighing these things out because I'm like, okay, there's been a lot of people killed in Ukraine, and I'm upset about that. I don't like it. I don't want that to happen. But how many people were killed in 
uh, Syria and uh, Somalia and Yemen and Libya and Iraq and Afghanistan and all kinds of other countries that we could uh, potentially that w- that we could potentially be really upset about you know and make this big moral outrage cry that we must do something to solve this problem well evidently what putin did in ukraine that was the last straw right there we could handle all those brown civilians and all the other countries you know that's one thing but now you got to the to the white civilians well we need to shut down the entire world's economy because of this all right and and I just seem I just have an issue with that because we're all suffering because of it, and not just us, people in other countries. And now we're having this shift to another form of energy because that's apparently going to solve the problem. It's because we were too dependent on Russia, when in fact we could have realized that we have no moral standing when it comes to this. That we've invaded tons of countries, that we've killed hundreds of thousands of civilians to millions of civilians and maybe all of the american people don't need to be punished so the people in power can look like they have some kind of moral standing right now and not only that what have the sanctions done other than punish everyone else what is has russia left ukraine and said please please i'm sorry please start buying our stuff no they haven't had to they haven't needed to yet and so I, we talked a little bit about this article yesterday, but I wanted to pick up, obviously, with where we left off yesterday, who was buying Russian crude oil and who was stopped from Yahoo. Here's the response by countries and companies regarding purchases of Russian oil since the war in Ukraine started on February 24th. Australia, Britain, Canada, and the United States have imposed outright bans on Russian oil purchases, while a group of seven the G7 nations, including Japan, committed to ban or phase out imports of Russian oil on May 8th. The EU agreed on May 30th to ban a seaborne imports of Russian oil with a phase-in period of six months for crude oil and eight months for refined products. The ban excludes oil uh, supplied through another pipeline, thus allowing refineries in Eastern Europe and Germany to continue imports. Poland and Germany, however, said they would phase out all purchases via the pipeline by the end of 2022. This, in total, would be about 90% of Russian oil imports to the EU. Meanwhile, Here's the flip side of this. What has Russia suffered because of this? It's not that they haven't had a hard time because of this, but China and India, which have refused to condemn Russia's actions, are benefiting because they're still buying the oil from Russia and they are getting discounts on Russian oil because they're, they're the only buyers of it. They're having to sell it for a little bit lower price. So in fact, what we're doing right now is benefiting China and India because they're able to buy cheaper oil. Meanwhile, the rest of the world's oil supply is getting more and more expensive. And I just can't figure out where the win is here because it's not like they left Ukraine. It's not like we changed anything. The only win I can see out of this has been for China and India and for anyone who wanted to push towards green energy policies. That's really the only people that are winning right now so let's take this to its logical conclusion this next story here from the new york times russia seeking buyers for plundered ukraine grain and the u.s is warning russia has bombed blockaded and plundered the grain production capacity of ukraine which accounts for one-tenth of global wheat exports resulting in dire forecasts of increased hunger and spiking food prices around the world Now, the United States has warned that the Kremlin is trying to profit from that plunder by selling stolen wheat 
to drought-stricken countries in Africa, some facing possible famine. In mid-May, the U.S. sent an alert to 14 countries, mostly in Africa, that Russian cargo vessels were leaving ports near Ukraine laden with what the State Department cable described as stolen Ukrainian grain. The The American alert about the grain has only sharpened the dilemma for African countries, many already feeling trapped between East and West as they potentially face a hard choice between benefiting from possible war crimes and displeasing a powerful Western ally, and on the other, refusing cheap food at a time when wheat prices are soaring and hundreds of thousands of people are starving. Russian Ukraine normally supply about 40% of wheat needs in Africa, where prices for the grain have risen 23%. In the Horn of Africa, a devastating drought has left 17 million people hungry, mostly in parts of Somalia, Ethiopia, and Kenya. More than 200,000 people in Somalia are on the brink of famine. So faced with such pressing need, many African countries are unlikely to hesitate before buying Russian-supplied grain, no matter where it comes from. This is not a dilemma. Africans don't, this is a quote, this is not a dilemma. Africans don't care where they get their food from, and if someone is going to moralize about that, they are mistaken. The need for food is so severe that it's not something they need to debate. Okay, so why do I consider that to be kind of the logical conclusion of the first argument? Africa really, really needs food. They need it. They are in such bad circumstances that they don't care where this comes from. They don't care if Russia stole it from Ukraine. Their people need the food right now. And so they're saying, well, if it benefits all of the people in our country, I'm sorry about what happened in Ukraine. They're not saying I'm sorry. I'm saying I'm sorry for them. I'm sorry about what happened, but this the needs of all of our people they take precedent over the needs of the people in another country and trying to punish those people not to mention all of these uh, embargoes or sanctions and everything i mean it's not exactly like people in the west have been super nice to all the countries in africa so sorry about it and so what they're finding is that it's more important for them to do whatever benefits their people regardless of where it came from And I know it's a really tough argument, and it's not like an argument you're going to win an election on or anything like that, but when this first started and all the sanctions started started rolling in, I could go back and pull the the audio from the episode, but I said, just don't act like these sanctions aren't going to matter. These are going to affect people. So while, yeah, we're not getting into a hot war with Russia— although we're just supplying weapons to the people who are in a war with them, so we kind of are in a war with them. Uh, Yeah, we're not getting into a hot war with Russia, but these sanctions, they're going to harm the people in Russia and the people in the U.S., and we're all feeling it right now. It's just, we can't act like they don't do anything, all right? And we can't act like there's not a sacrifice that we are all being forced to make on behalf of the people that run our government needing to look like they are better people than they actually are. The people in the group are still talking about yoga classes and lifting, by the way. And I, I, it's, it's like I'm trying to talk about this and I'm reading the comments as they come in. And I really just want to talk about, um, about yoga right now. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Amanda. You were, you were typing some, some stuff that was along the lines of what we were talking about. Let me see here. I'm going to go back through here real quick. Man, come on. 90% of the stuff you posted has been about yoga. Let's just be honest right there. 
disagree with the sanctions, arguments for supporting Ukraine, um, don't involve more moral, mere moral standing. Uh, let's see what else we got here. More yoga. Let's see yoga, yoga. Apparently, the top export are sunflower oil. That's why people who eat seed oils are being silenced. <laughs> okay, all right. I'm reading through. I promise. I, I I do concede that I don't know. I don't know if he was or not. I'd have to read through all. Of, I'd have to read through all the comments. All right. We're going to shift gears here a little bit and we can continue this conversation some more after we get some more after we get some more information about what people in the group are in fact talking about. We're going to go to the gun control conversation. Well, I want to take a quick break from all of this craziness to tell you who's not as stressed out about all the stuff going on in our country. And that's Mikkel Thorpe from expatmoney.com. We're going to tell you about the upcoming online summit from Mikkel Thorpe and expatmoney.com with over 30 experts who are focused on moving your life, business, and wealth offshore. This is free to attend. You just go to expatmoneysummit.com. You reclaim your freedom from all this chaos and uncertainty. All right. So what they're going to be covering, how to secure your own plan B safe haven, how to use foreign currencies, offshore banking, and decentralized finance to safeguard your money, how to legally reduce your tax burden, how and where to safely store gold, silver, and other precious metals, where the best countries are in the world to find your freedom for yourself and your family, and how you can get a second passport to travel the globe without restrictions and get in and out of different countries' borders. You will learn about a libertarian island haven, private cities, communities on the ocean, and food and energy independent towns in Latin America. So go, once again, register now for free, expatmoneysummit.com. This is your way to fight back against what's happening in the world. Stand up, protect yourself, and find out how to secure your new life abroad. Register now for free at expatmoneysummit.com. The pending, more than likely pending lawsuit against Daniel Defense, the maker of the AR-15 that was used in that shooting. And I, I, I think it's pretty clear that I think that a lawsuit against them is pretty ridiculous. Doesn't mean they're not going to try. And uh, I don't think that Texas's laws are, are going to allow for this. But anyway, here's why a lawsuit against Gunmaker has a slim chance of succeeding. So there's not a lawsuit, but there is an initial request for information. Attorneys requested marketing information from Daniel Offense. Marketing information. The gunmaker of the AR-15 used in the shooting. Quote, they said, we've done our research on the company so far. The Texas attorney said, based upon what we've seen, it looks like they've actually advertised this assault weapon, literally an assault weapon, to young men or young women, teens. Some of the ads even had children holding this rifle. We want to get behind it and see who they were in contact with, what their media strategy was, so we can determine to the extent we can, uh, how we can prevent this from happening again. So the advertising. Just in case anyone wanted to know, it's it's not even the gun right now. It's it's the advertising. When you market this, you see in the ad there might have been a a kid holding the gun, the gun, and you might not see it at first. But what that means is that kids should take guns and shoot their friends. Clearly, that's what the marketing is showing right there. And 
the other is so suing them because of their marketing. It sounds a lot like people blaming video games for violence or movies for violence. The idea that the marketing had something to do with this, like he saw this and and that's why he did this, completely ridiculous. And it also removes the response. Now you're you're removing some of the responsibility from from him yet again. And what where else can we go with this? Can we not sue? Can can people in Chicago and L.A. and New York sue the makers of Grand Theft Auto? Is that something that they can do? I I don't know. But I feel like this, whatever ads Daniel Defense was running, that's not what led to this happening. That's pretty ridiculous. Yet, back to the article, suing Daniel Defense based on potential unlawful marketing could be a long shot. That's because Texas laws are different from the ones in Connecticut that were involved in a Sandy Hook lawsuit in which I believe $73 million was awarded. The question is going to be whether the Texas courts agree that Deceptive Trade Practices Act here in Texas provides the same type of protection to consumers from illegal marketing. Illegal marketing. We don't know how Daniel Defense has marketed this firearm. That's what the attorneys are trying to figure out from these documents. There's also a federal law, 2005 Protection of Lawful Commerce and Arms Act, that protects gun makers from lawsuits. You should. I mean... You, I don't know if you need the protection. There needs to be a precedent set, uh, but I guess a protection if you want to make it a protection. But the maker of something does not need to be sued when someone does something bad with that thing. There are tons of different arguments that we can make, examples that we could bring up right now. The most common one is, uh, should Ford be sued when someone runs over someone with a car? Should Cutco be sued when someone stabs someone with a knife? Um, I don't think Daniel Defense's commercials were saying that you should get one of their guns and then go murder people with it. I don't think that that's what they were going with their uh, with their advertising. So we'll see where this goes from here. But the couple things that bother me is, one, that would be really bad for all the manufacturers of everything that could ever be used to ever hurt anyone because that's the precedent it sets for me in my mind. The other thing is it removes responsibility from the individuals who actually commit these crimes, and that's where the actual responsibility is. It's their decision to do that thing. They were wrong. What they did was wrong, and we're, we're ignoring it. We're acting like advertising was the problem. Okay, to New York now from the New York Times. Now, this one was from yesterday, and then we'll go to the new, ad, to the new laws, not ads, the new laws uh, there in New York. New York officials fear the Supreme Court ruling will mean more gun crime. So we know the Supreme Court is considering this case in New York that might open up uh, some of the gun laws there and allow people to carry firearms in New York. Already this year, the New York Police Department has recovered more than 3,000 guns and such arrests have hit a 28-year high. But across the city and state, authorities are bracing for a ruling expected from the U.S. Supreme Court this month which could strike down a century-old New York state law that places strict limits on the carrying of handguns. Overturning the law would make it far easier to legally carry a handgun in the state, which officials say may have violent consequences for cities already struggling to tamp down the spike in crime that began two years ago. So the, this is the main thing keeping people from 
from hurting people right now is the fact that you can't legally carry your gun concealed. Like if you were going to go out and kill someone, you're going to go out and commit a murder. The last thing that you want is having an illegal weapons charge on top of that. And once you remove that, you don't even believe how many of these secret murderers are out there that didn't want that extra charge on top of them. Quote, a lot more people are going to now want to go out and get guns and for all the wrong reasons. What are the reasons that you should want to go out and get guns? As the president of the nonprofit Citizens Crime Commission, he said people are going to go out and get guns for all the wrong reasons. What are the right reasons to go out and get a gun, if not to defend yourself when someone tries to attack you randomly in the subway or something like that or on the street for no reason? What are the other reasons? to go get a gun. Quote, I have people telling me they decided to get a gun that I never dreamed would get a gun. They're not going to use it illegally, but they're feeling this need to arm themselves in a way I've not seen before. And if more New Yorkers are armed, he said, what would otherwise have been minor confrontations could turn deadly. So what they're really upset about is when someone comes up and beats the hell out of you on the street and takes all your money. What they're upset about is that you would be able to be like, hey, I got a gun. Maybe you're going to shoot them, something like that. You wouldn't want people to do that. Now, I think if you do carry a gun, you you should be really smart with how you're going to use it. It should be your last resort. And by the way, anyone in the group that's uh, not talking about yoga con- uh, at the current moment, if you can carry a gun, do you carry a gun when you can? Or is it something that you keep at home? Just let me know, because I've noticed that I'm pretty lazy on the subject. We're going to talk about how, you know, carry your gun, conceal, carry your gun. That way, when something bad happens, you can be the one to stop it. Or if someone attacks you, then you can defend yourself. And where's my gun? It's sitting on the nightstand at home. You know, I just don't carry it with me. And I I don't, I don't know why it is other than it's just, it's, it's not convenient to have a gun attached to you at all times. I'm just... I'm afraid it's going to fall out. I don't want it to fall out or like fall off my belt. And I don't want to, I don't want to go through all the work it would take to make sure it's not going to do that. So it's just laziness really is all this. Under the law being challenged, it's illegal to carry a handgun openly and a permit is required to carry one concealed. Such permits require showing a proper cause. That's, um, that's what you need to do is like when you have a, a fundamental right to, to defend yourself, Uh, You need to prove to the state that there is a reason you should be able to exercise that right. And in fact, this case is going to decide whether or not it is a fundamental right for you to be able to carry a gun with you or if that right is just at your home. That's really what they're deciding right here. And the problem in New York is that essentially this proper cause is extended to people who know people or people with a lot of money. That's pretty much if you want to be able to conceal carry a gun, Uh, then you need to know someone, you need to have a lot of money, which probably means you know someone, or you need to have uh, constant, constant threats against your life at all times. You know, so um, we'll see if they're going to strike. I'm sure that they're going to, they're going to strike this down, but I think all that's going to happen is New York's going to change their laws and, uh, and they're going to find a way to get around it. So let's go to what they did just do with their laws from Kathy Hochul. This is from MSN, New York signed stronger gun control measure into law. 
Here's what will change. The state raised the age Monday from 18 to 21 for people to be able to buy semi-automatic weapons and bolstered the reporting requirements of social media companies when they are alerted to credible threats of violence. The bills approved by the legislature last week make up the most sweeping package in the nation in the wake of the shooting deaths of 19 children, and you guys all know the thing. New York already had some of the strongest gun control laws in the nation, which were passed in January 2013, but the new laws will bolster existing ones and close what state leaders viewed as loopholes that included allowing the Buffalo shooter to slip through the state's red flag statute that should have detected his racist social media rants and led to the removal of his weapons. Okay, so they said detected his racist social media rants, and while that's a really bad thing, I will just say that I hope what they mean are his violent racist social media rants where he was like threatening violence against people. I do think that you that even if you are racist and you say things about that online, I don't think that means you shouldn't be allowed to have any guns. I think you can be allowed to be like a terrible person when you view when you think about other people, uh, when you view other people. But I don't think that means you lose your right to have a gun. Hopefully, and I would need some more clarification. Uh, that hopefully, they mean violent racist rhetoric online. So Hochul and other Democratic leaders who control state government called on other states to act. Some, including Democratic-led California and New Jersey, are considering strong gun laws. They're considering strong gun laws. They don't have them right now. Quote, thoughts and prayers won't do it, but strong action will, Hochul urged, adding in a message to members of Congress where gun control is stalled. Heaven help you if you look at those images and don't have a change of heart. It's all about emotions. You see, whatever you think about people's right to have a firearm and defend themselves. Uh, heaven help you if you still think that right exists for me, even though someone else did something. That all, that all makes sense uh, to me, for sure. The red flag law in New York will be expanded to allow more people, including healthcare professionals, to file risk orders that could lead to weapons confiscations from potentially dangerous people. Now, what they think is going to happen with this red flag law is that all these people who go and talk to their therapists or they're talking to healthcare professionals, maybe they're in a hospital or in the ER or something like that. What they think is going to happen is these people are going to talk about that and then they're going to be able to file some type of uh, risk order that could take their weapons away. What's actually going to happen is people will just stop talking about it. People will stop talking to their psychiatrist and their therapist, and they will stop talking to people if they go to the ER and they had some kind of a, maybe they're, maybe they OD'd or something and they go into the ER. They're not going to talk about anything if they have guns because they don't want them to be taken away. And that's going to actually lead to a lot of people not getting the mental health, the mental attention that they actually need because they're worried that some of their rights are going to be taken away when they haven't even committed a crime. That is what will actually happen. Semi-automatic Rifles, which all which are already difficult to obtain in New York, were added to the list of the weapons requiring a permit and will only be available to those over the age of 21. That's going to solve the problem, uh, even though this other issue that they mentioned here in a little bit, another bill will ban the sale of body armor. 
banning the sale of body armor to people outside law enforcement or other state-designated professions and will add micro-stamping to bullets, which can better trace their origin. They, they don't understand uh, two things here. Only, only the state-designated professions and law enforcement will be able to have body armor. Okay, that's ridiculous, uh, first off. And then micro-stamping to bullets. Like, you can't just... That's just going to be New York bullets. So just get your bullets from somewhere else, like where everyone else is getting their guns at the same time. And the high-capacity bullets. Um, that's one that's really slipped through the cracks, for sure. <coughs> Excuse me. Let's see. What else do we have in here? Social media companies will be required to improve their policies around how they respond to hateful conduct on their platforms as well as maintain easily accessible mechanisms for the public to report people. Okay. Quote, we will be ready to defend these laws against challenges, so they're going to be ready to do that, of course. And uh, there was a part in this article that I, I think I skipped over earlier, saying that most of the people that commit the crimes in New York, uh, the, the gun crimes that they have right now, um, they're not getting their guns legally in the first place. They're getting them from other people who might have purchased them legally or they were just stolen and so the laws just don't really matter at all but whatever what what do we know this is just a bunch of people who want to feel good about themselves they want to feel like they're actually doing something and they want to be able to tell their constituents that they're doing something and even when crime continues to happen they'll be able to say well you know we did do something we just need to do a little bit more and then those things start to happen again. Well, you know, we just need to do a little bit more. Of course, please vote for me. Keep voting for me. And that's really all they're doing is trying to get votes. If you ever think that the politician is doing anything other than trying to get votes, then you are suffering from a high level of naivete. All right, what else do we have going on in the stack today? Uh, I just saw someone, speaking of mental attention, anyone following the WAP, the... Okay, so I saw, I heard a little bit about the drama with the Washington Post. I don't have anything pulled up about it. But I do find it slightly ironic that someone retweeted a joke, uh, which was, okay, I found the joke to be funny myself. Not because I think that about, uh, not because I think that about women or anything. This is the one with the, with the, with the, uh, with the, Oh, there was the joke and the Taylor Lorenz thing. I don't know much about the Taylor Lorenz part. I heard the part about the joke, uh, which was the joke was essentially all women are bi. You just have to figure out whether it's polar or sexual. I Okay, I find that to be a pretty funny joke right there. And then what's, what's really hilarious are all of the people just, all of the feminists just going insane after that joke being retweeted. I don't know much about the Taylor of the Wrens thing, but I'm sure it will be interesting to figure out. What's this? Give me the, uh, give me the three sentence rundown. Everyone pause while someone's giving me the three sentence rundown about the Taylor of the Wrens thing. She's crazy. Okay, that's it. She does yoga. All right, I see that. Misrepresented attacks, uh, attempts to contact sources in an article. Um, I saw that. Yeah, and then they corrected that. And then I believe she said that they, she sent an Instagram message as well, right? And they said that um, she also did not reach out about that. Okay, so I did read a little bit about that. And did she, in fact, make her profile uh, private on Twitter? 
because I do think I went to uh, try and look and get the scoop the other day, and I couldn't look at her page. So I don't know. Maybe this is. Maybe she'll end up just. Maybe she'll stop writing things. I don't know. That's kind of what I'm hoping is going to happen. All right. Before we finish up with this, I got a couple more things. Continuing with, well, this is actually switch switching to the abortion conversation, but I also want to tie it into the gun control conversation. So blue cities and red states say that they won't help enforce abortion bans, sanctuary abortion cities. It is, so the the gist of this article is that the left-wing cities and the right-wing states, like for instance, I live in Nashville, Tennessee. This is a very much left-wing city in a right leaning state for sure goes heavily Republican all the time. And they're saying that they're not going to enforce whatever the abortion bans that the states come up with are. Now, in some ways in my local government mindset, I, I, I applaud that in my local government mindset. The only question becomes, uh, what about when, uh, what if abortion were considered to be murder, to be, the taking of the life of another human being, would there still be a job of the governments above that local government, like the state government or the federal, to come in and say, hey, you can't just literally allow people to kill people inside of your city. I'll use the same example I, nor- I normally do. Uh, Nashville decides that they're going to just make it okay to kill people in Nashville. And they say, well, I know that you can't do it via state law, but uh, we're, we're going to be a murder sanctuary city. I think we've got a few of those around the country already, but I'm just using Nashville because I'm here right now. And uh, would there be a job of the upper level government to come in and say, hey, you can't do that. You actually can't do that. And the other interesting part about this, because there's several cities that are talking about this, saying that they're not going to prosecute, uh, they're not going to enforce whatever the abortion bans are in their states. It's interesting to see people on the left decide to create these sanctuaries away from the federal government for things that they care a lot about. I wonder if they will extend that same mindset to cities that want to be a gun sanctuary, a Second Amendment sanctuary. Uh, What if a city in New York state decided to be a gun rights sanctuary and they weren't going to enforce whatever the laws were in New York? Would they say, oh, well, that's okay. You're the local government. You don't have to enforce that. That's totally fine. Or would they all completely freak out? I don't know. Uh, Where I come down on this is what is a fundamental, natural, negative right for someone, a right that you have because you exist, because you were born, that that does not have to be provided to you by another person, uh, that is not a privilege, but is something you were born with. So, I mean, there were... Yeah, I remember the thing about the uh, sheriff that refused to enforce the uh, COVID requirements and Schumer you know, called him a fascist or, a, or a, a dictator, I think is what they call them, a dictator, an authoritarian, something like that. So <laughs> Nate Fest 22 shirts, guns, weights, yoga, always got the, I mean, Jeff's always on top of it, making all those memes. I like it. That's the shirt. Okay. So there's that idea right there. I just want to know if that extends to uh, to gun rights, to other rights. I don't know. I, I feel like if it's going to extend to whatever the abortion laws are, and you can have your sanctuary city, well, let's just go ahead and make sure we can do it with gun rights as well. They do it with immigration already. 
And people, when they want to, they realize that your local governments are the most important governments because they can decide to just ignore whatever the state and federal governments are doing. And so when it suits them, when it benefits them, they realize this. And when they want the federal government to just impose some type of top-down rule on top of everyone, then it's the federal government that is the supreme law of the land, that is the one that controls everything. So it always, it always comes down to whatever you want. Um, sometime in 2022 is the correct answer right now. We were originally, sorry, I'm responding to the people in the group. If you're listening on the podcast, Nate Fest 2022, we were originally going to shoot for uh, my birthday weekend here in June, uh, which is on the 24th, but Charlie's closing on his house at the end of the month and he's insanely busy. And so we've, we're just trying to figure out when it's going to be because it turned out May, June, super busy. And once we decide whether or not we're actually going to Freedom Fest in July, we'll be able to decide some stuff like that. We were tentatively going to be pushing for June because it's Nate Fest and that is my birthday month. That would have made the most amount of sense. But uh, TBD is when it's going to be. All right. Last thing. Complete shift right here. But I want to give everyone, I want to give everyone a stock market tip real quick if you're ready. U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has disclosed trades in Apple, in Apple and Microsoft. Does this signal that we have hit a bottom in the stock market? We will see. But Nancy Pelosi's husband has decided to put about $1.2 million into Apple call options. And then also a lot more money uh, into Microsoft call options, meaning she thinks or her husband thinks, and I'm sure those are completely separate things. He's just a really, really good investor on par with uh, Warren Buffett, uh, just really, really great investor, one of the best minds in investing history for sure. Um, they're putting millions into Apple and Microsoft. Does that signal the bottom of the market? You tell me. I think it will be interesting to see if we actually do show a bottom and we move up quite a bit here for the next few months. I don't know. I just wanted to give everyone that little stock market tip right there. That's all we're doing today. We're at 40 minutes and I'm just talking about myself. We didn't have time for Charlie to be here today. If you enjoyed today's show, I don't even remember what we talked about, but I'm sure it was great. A lot of yoga, a lot of guns, a lot of Russia, stuff like that. Tell a friend, tell a family member, tell the children that they need to follow, subscribe, listen to this show every single day. Go find us on YouTube, on TikTok, on all the social media platforms. Tell your friends, tell your aunt and uncle that they got to go do that today. If you do all those things, we'll be right back here again tomorrow for White Pill Wednesday. Until then, y'all have a good day and a good morning. Liberty.